Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by the good people of Chevy. We are now through the combine and hurtling towards the free agency portion of the National Football League calendar. I am uh, thrilled to be joined once again by my two Chris's. Chris Law, good to see you. Back Rich. from the nether regions of the Midwest. Yes, a couple days in Chicago, a couple days in India. I'm back. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Rich, what's happening, buddy? Excellent work once again out of both of you guys putting you. the uh, special together. Uh, looked great on television. The Ed Reed piece, phenomenal. Love the interviews with the the way you cut up the interviews with uh, with Elway and Pagano and uh, and Jeff Fisher. Is there a way we can put more of the Fisher online? Can we do that? Or no? Oh, with all the because uh, I went I went back and forth with him about a lot of I, I, a lot of rule yeah, rule because I mean, he's on the competition again, committee. Ed Reed was what seven minutes long, right? Yeah, right. And it's a twenty-two minute it's right. 20, the twenty the twenty-two 25. twenty-two minutes and twenty-five second show. Right. So obviously that had to and we had nearly hour and a half, hour forty-five source material. Right. Right. So you know, so what we had to do essentially was truncate the Fisher interview. But, I mean, I, I sort of really, you know, went at it with him a little bit back and forth to the point where he got up and he's like, wow, that was uh, those are some tough questions, which I'm like, great. You want to hear that when you're done with an interview. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, so that was great. But maybe we can put all that. I don't know how we can we can if we can put some of that stuff up there. Can we get an edit bay or that's tough? Uh, I already can read your body language. It might like, be Rich, it might be tough. Let that one go. They can listen they to it all, though. On the I mean, you version. can listen to the entire audio. Okay. I don't know if you're going to get a feel. Let it go for the is what back. you're saying. You're saying let it go. I'm going to say let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we've got uh, we've got a great show in store here. I figured, you know, we're in we're in the uh, to use the nether region word again. We're sort of in. There are a few dead spots in the NFL schedule. Game of Thrones is coming up, Rich. We're beyond the wall. You know, I know we're beyond the wall right now. We're <laughs> looking for the White Walkers, right, or the West Welkers. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, winter has come and gone right. to use the Game of Thrones uh, references. But we're we're in between that portion of the schedule where we are going to do uh, the combine and free agency, and then there's a little bit of a dead spot in between the owners' meeting and um, and and the draft. Pro days fill that stuff up, but right now we're waiting for free agency. We're hearing stuff getting done. The Flacco deal got done this week. Yes. Everyone was talking about it for weeks and weeks during the regular season. How it's all going to play out? Flacco came on our post game show at the Super Bowl and said that he is uh, uh, already uh, backing up the truck, ready to stick it to his boss, as he said. And the contract that came in was remarkable, to say the least. To say the least, uh, Joe Flacco with a twenty-nine million dollar signing bonus. $29 million on the spot. 52 guaranteed. Congratulations, Joe Flacco. Now, about three years from now, though, the cap number goes through the roof, and we may have to revisit this right now. But for the moment, the Ravens, who have a gajillion free agents, including our friend Ed Reed from the red carpet Indeed. at the Oscars, um, that's, that's 
up in the air right now, and it just obviously the cap room that this that this creates without hurting them this year that will help the the Baltimore Ravens moving forward and getting all these guys under contract. And we'll talk about all that with Josh Charles of the Good Wife. We have not spoken to him since they won the Super Bowl. No. A lot of our our, our fans have been wondering where's Josh Charles. I wonder been. if he's recovered. Well, we'll ask him because I know he went to the post game party. I do know that. I know Bashadi definitely dragged him out to that. And because uh, you know he's practically part of the team, Josh. Was Charles. it on Bashadi's boat? No, no, no. But he did not take the boat into New Orleans. Uh, but but I do believe Bashani was in the Bahamas and flew to the Super Bowl. Got it. Because I did text the owner of the Ravens. I'll share this. I did text the owner of the Ravens, wishing him congratulations on uh, making the Super Bowl. And and is he going to take the boat in there? Because as you know, with the boat and our network have some history together. Uh, his response was, "No, I'm flying in, but I'm on the boat right now." I'm like, where? And he says, when the tough get going, the tough go to the Bahamas. So I'm assuming that was a literal response. He might have been there. But he was there at the after party. I assume it was in the hotel. Um, we'll ask him about all that, what his thoughts on Flacco and how that can move forward. And to be fair and balanced, uh, Tom Brady signed a new contract this week as well. He did. Which may have affected the Flacco negotiations in a little bit because his number went down for next year, which affected whatever the franchise tag was. I think Flacco, between Sunday and uh, Wednesday of this uh, of the previous week, I think he the, 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 the tag number went down, or between Wednesday when Brady signed the deal and then Sunday, the mm-hmm. day before the tagging, I think that went down like a, a million plus or three million or something like that. Significant enough to yeah. maybe move something. Yeah, All right, yeah. Brady. Brady's under contract for perhaps the rest of his Patriot career. Let's hope so. And to be fair and balanced, talking a lot of Ravens, we'll talk about that with another longtime good friend of this program coming up, Alex Sulkin. Yes, the Sulk. Who had quite a week as well at the Oscars while you were there uh, gallivanting on the red carpet. Our paths did not cross, unfortunately. Well, but we will talk about all that later on. There's lots also to talk about uh, with the Sulk, with the what's going on with Kansas City. Other stuff that's going on. Apparently, Vince Young. You're about Vince Young? No. Yeah. Vince Young. What happened? Vince, uh, Mac Brown said on Was he Tuesday, having a pro day or something? He's going to be at the Texas After Pro Day. After being the third overall pick in the draft. He's he, going to work out at the Texas Pro Day. Of course. <laughs> I that, mean, look, when you take out a $200,000 loan to throw yourself a birthday party, right. that's kind of what happens. And then, of course, there's the song that uh, even, believe it or not, uh, my nanny was singing. Uh, we saw your boobs. <laughs> we saw your boobs. My nanny was actually singing <laughs> so that song good. the other day. Uh, I'm we, glad. I'm say, glad. I'm glad my four and a half year old was out of the yes. room. But I, I, that's 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 part of the that's part of how the Oscars affects and shapes pop culture from sea to shining sea. I, I love and the, across the sea. Let's be honest. The Titanic uh, actress and her name slipping me right now. But oh, um, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, and, it was, and it was the, like five different oh, titles. That was, that was so There's good. a lot. So good. Can't Let, wait to talk to. We love Kate Winslet's work. No question about it. Clearly. Um, hey, just real quick, you just yes. said Vince Young, and it got me thinking. Um, Jamarcus Russell, and have you talked to Marshall at all? Because wasn't Marshall is he at LSU's pro day? Is that what you're no, saying? Wasn't Marshall working out with Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus is going to have a pro day. I, think. I have not heard that. Story. That's oh, okay. what re- reports were. It was it was Marshall helping out. I didn't know if you talked I believe, to him at all. I, do, I believe Marshall is uh, on a beach somewhere right <laughs> now, beach. which is all where right. I should be. I don't yes. know why I'm in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be but. on the slopes this weekend, Tahoe bound. Are oh, you really? Course. Yeah, I'm going to Tahoe tomorrow. Are we going to pay off? Um, are we going to pay off the the fantasy yes. winner, the the the, fa- the the podcast fantasy challenge, the winner um, from Germany? Yes. Are we paying that off on this podcast? Because uh, you were telling me that you're going to you spoke to this 
German fellow, correct? Yeah, I made an international phone call yesterday to Germany. You uh, did? Talked with Jan, Jan Bollmeier. Jan Bollmeier. Yes. Wait, and, tell, uh, tell the story first about how. By the way, is he, is he related to Stenerud? Uh, no relation. <laughs> Just no a relation different Jan, Jan completely different Jan. Or Jan Jagla, former Penn State basketball player. Um so yeah, I, I don't call international very often, and I didn't want to just call the guy yes. and you know not know if I was right. So I googled Hyatt re, Hyatt Berlin. So I just called the Berlin Hyatt because you know you have to test it. There's country codes, area codes. So he's what do you mean? He lives in a hotel? No, I'm just calling to test to see if I can get. You're to just Germany. calling indiscriminate German indiscriminate hotels. Hotel. Yeah. Blindly so, put his the, finger in the phone book to call someone in Germany. You let your fingers do the walking through the 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 yellow book. Of whatever they call it there. Yeah, so the, the line rings, which I'm happy on the fifth try of me dialing because uh-huh. it, it's a process. And obviously they're speaking fluent German, which I don't and you speak. Found, and you found a CIA yeah. uh, dark house or something like that. <laughs> I just say expectancy English. <laughs> you did not say that. I did say that. You did not expectancy English. <laughs> I did say that. And there was no response, and then I this just the, I panicked. already the dumbest story up. ever. I panicked and hung up. The dumbest story but ever. I knew how to call. Yeah, but Great test to, call, Law. Yeah, but you, to, said, you said they said no, right? right, they, right they, yeah, they didn't the So <laughs> bottom line, are we sprecancing something uh, with, we were with all Jan? Set up. Yeah, we were all set up for today, but uh, he direct messaged uh, us, and he, he, can't, he has a, uh, a prior commitment that came up. He canceled? Up. He canceled The us. German canceled? Our, our what? Winner the fantasy canceled. challenge winner canceled. Added to the list of the folks who have canceled on us. Yes. Add them to the list. David Duchovny. See, Mark Gronkowski. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. <laughs> we won't even bring up Bradley Cooper's name if we're canceling on him. Well, Harvey Weinstein has a but, message. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> we'll talk about that with a sulk. He'll love that story Hopefully later. Hopefully we can get him on, though, Okay, next week. Uh, so let's get started on this, on this show, starting with the top story of the, uh, the past week. But let's uh, revisit the Flacco news which has been the biggest news post-Super uh, Bowl, uh, him re-signing for all the Bucks with somebody we have not spoken to since uh, his beloved Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl, have not spoken to him since yours truly strong-armed him into taking Joe Flacco in the <laughs> fantasy, in the podcast Fantasy League competition. He is none other than the uh, man who you should see every single Sunday on The Good Wife on CBS, Josh Charles. How are you, Josh? What's happening, Rich? How you doing, bud? I'm doing fine. I am doing fine. The match- strong arm. You just got a strong arm. But I'll tell you what. That's a, that's a lesson for anybody picking stuff. I mean, what do I know? I've never done this fantasy challenge thing before. Neither, neither I, really. I, I, was, I was going with what people say, okay, you should take. My gut said Flacco was going to have a postseason. You know, it was going to have a good postseason, and uh, and I, and, I, and I should have picked him right from the outset. And I'm what glad a, you did strong on me, quote unquote. A a record uh, tying postseason with eleven touchdowns, zero picks. He was phenomenal, and uh, the fact that you take a look at Week 15, Peyton Manning comes into his building, hands job John Harbaugh worst home loss uh, of his. Career, the mm-hmm. season is on the brink, on mm-hmm. the brink. Flacco is unsigned for the next year. Ravens world is upside down. Who knows if Ray is really coming back or not? And then the magic carpet ride begins, and it's unbelievable what Flacco has been paid. What are your thoughts on? Uh, let's start. I guess let's start with the Flacco contract. The first okay. here and now before we, we work back. What are your thoughts on the Flacco contract? Well, first of all, I'm I'm, I'm thrilled for Joe. 
uh, I think, you know, a lot of times lost in all this and watching his press conference online yesterday is, you know, he, he's a good dude. I mean, he's a really, really good, humble guy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who want him to sort of take on the role of being the sort of rah-rah general or sort of field general a la Peyton Manning. And, and I think, Joe, you know, he just stays true to who he is. And I think what we've seen in these last five years is him really grow. Uh, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. What a lot of people have been wanting is consistency. And I think he proved that. I think he proved it, you know, last year in the AFC Championship game with the drop pass away from taking the Ravens to the Super Bowl. And I think, as I had sort of stated in interviews with people who had asked me similar questions, had, you know, had, had Lee made that catch, you know, not to harp on it, but had he, had he made that catch, you know, I don't, I think a lot of, a lot of the quote elite conversation would have been put to rest with Joe. I mean, he played good enough. He outplayed Brady in that game and we didn't get it done as a team, you know? And I think what, what the team really took from that is, is this quality of, of not pointing fingers and, and, and building together stronger, uh, unit. And that was all about family. And, and I think Harbaugh really, you know, encapsulates that. And I, I think Joe just took it to another level this year, you know, in the postseason in particular. I think he just showed his coolness. He showed how calm he is. I think, you know, we can talk. I Look, I'll, I'll flat out admit this. Last night I, I was having a little trouble sleeping, so I put the headphones on. And I watched <laughs> I watched the Denver game again. I, you know, I, I fast-forwarded through all the, the boring parts. But I watched the Denver game again, and then I got so amped up that I watched the NFL replay of the Patriots AFC Championship game again. And just to kind of relive what a special ride it was. I mean, it was at the Colts game, so I didn't really need to 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 watch that. But but I uh, I I will say that in that Denver game, you know, everyone talks about more and the and the blown coverages, which absolutely there was. But at the same time, if you look at the play in slow motion and you see that Joe had the cojones, if I may, and the wherewithal to sort of step up into that, okay, albeit light rush, but to step up into that little pressure and to see it and have the instinct and, and the you-know-whats to throw it and to make that kind of throw is pretty special. You know, you it's, know? It's, it's, uh, it's funny if you think about it, just how fragile a Super Bowl run and championship season is. Because, you know, this ring will always be on the finger of these players. The, the whole, you can't take it away from them, et cetera, et cetera. No question about it. Just how fragile it always is when you parse it out, as, as it will be for the America's game, it'll come up, uh, no doubt, on opening week of 2013 season. Mm-hmm. The 4th and 29, too, right? Yeah, unbelievable. In, in San Diego, if, if, if that dump-off pass to Ray Rice, did, he, didn't, he didn't scamper that all the way there, mm-hmm. right? If Bolden doesn't make that block, he doesn't get it. And you know, and what happens then? Come. Because that, that that would have extended a a, a losing streak. That who yeah. knows what would have happened. The the mm-hmm. the the, um, the and the 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 second and seventy three. You know that they converted. <laughs> you know they got the three yards and then the seventy. You know yeah. they basically that there's that. You take a look at the AFC Championship game. Uh, the turnovers that took place in that game how things could have yeah. gone either way. You also can put out there, and I'm sure this will be part of the America's game as well, the the moment where, I guess, John Harbaugh had to meet with his players midseason. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. what happened there? And you take a look at it all. It had these things not all fallen in the proper way, there would have been no parade. There would have been no parade. And you know, when you, you're so right, though, Rich. I mean, I think when you look at it and when you're on the other side, 
unlike last year where we came up short. Because uh, I really thought last year was our year. And then you look at a year like this and the things you brought up, and there are more. And you realize, like, how, what a fine line, what a tightrope it is. And it's so much sweeter than when you get through it and you and you are able to hoist the Lombardi and see your team, um, you know, celebrating as world champions. It makes it that much more sweet of, of a victory because it is it is so much about the – it's so hard to do this in the NFL with all these games and, and the beating these guys take physically, mentally. So it's incredible. I mean, to get back to Joe for a second, I, I think so. My feelings about the contractor is it's great for him – it's great for the team. Um, it shows what a quality organization I think the Ravens have, that they got this done. They gave this guy the money that he deserves. And I think, you know, look, uh, Joe bet on himself. And, you know, he how sure can did. you not say that he earned it? I mean, you know, the guy the guy had a very sizable offer and felt like he was worth more. And he went out this, there this year. And while there were some times where he had some turkey games, ultimately he delivered. In the critical moments and the important moments, he delivered. He carried the team. And you knew he was going to get something for that. The question was how how much down to the wire was going to come, were they going to have to franchise him for a bit. And I think what this allows them to do and why the contract is so good, because A, it continues a line of showing that the Ravens take care of their players, A. And B, it really puts into perspective that we'll, we'll be able to hopefully retain some of these guys. We're not going to be able to keep everybody, you know. I don't. You know, I, I'd be surprised if we're able to keep Kruger or Kerry Williams because those guys, the salaries that they're going to come in. But I think it, it may mean, you know, we're able to keep an Anquan Bolden. We're able to keep, you know, uh, an Ellerby. Um, what about Ed Reed? What about Ed Reed, brother? You got to you got to keep him. You can't let him. I mean, I, you can't I, let him I, stroll I, to New England or or wind up. Um, in San, you know San Francisco, you can't no, see that. I, I mean, I, I right? agree a hundred percent. I mean, I think I think the Ravens have said it best, and I think it'll be a very similar situation to what happened with Ray a few years ago with Ray Lewis, which is you know I, I think the ownership said, look, we feel like we love you more than anybody else loves you, but you're going to have to go out there and, and, and see for yourself. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Look, I love Ed Reed. He's one of my favorite players of all time ever. Even if I wasn't a Ravens fan, I mean, I just the, the smarts that he plays with, the passion for the game. Uh, but he's a mercurial guy, so you don't really know wh- what's going to happen or where he's going fe- how he's going to feel in a few weeks' time. I mean, right now he's saying all the things that he wants to be in Baltimore, and I hope that's true. And I- I'm sure the Ravens would want to have him too, but I think it-, it-, it really will come down to what he feels he's worth. Uh, will a team like the Colts or the Patriots, who have some room under the cap, want to bring in a veteran like him for the next couple of years to help kind of groom some of these younger guys. And I hope the choice he makes, obviously, is Baltimore. I think, you know, he, like Ray Lewis, is a, is a guy, and like Jonathan Ogden, that should play their whole careers with one team. I think it would be really weird to see Ed Reed in any other uniform, and I would be very sad about it. And if he does go to the Patriots, it will make me hate them that much more. <laughs> Brockman, you appreciate that sentimentality, don't you mean, right there? I mean, that's it. No offense, Chris. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying. No, look, I get it, Ed. I, look, I hung out with Ed the entire day on Oscars, and uh, he's one of my new favorite guys. Yeah, Brockman hung out with him on the on the red carpet. And I'm not going to lie, I was uh, doing some work. I was lobbying hard for him to come to New England. <laughs> <laughs> you were technically you were tampering. You just flat out tampering is what you're saying. I'm not officially on the Patriots tampering. payroll, so that's not technically tampering. What'd you say, Josh? He was red carpet tampering. Red carpet tampering. <laughs> right, right. Yes, RCT. Right, RCT. He's RCT. Yeah. It's be trending by the end of the week. RCT. Red carpet tampering. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
Oh my god! I just think the fact that you had Ed Reed made up for last year having to make me watch um, Heinz Heinz Ward <laughs> <That's> against <laughs> Stacey Keebler. I mean, uh, that literally made me like a little vomit came up in That's my mouth. Right. So well, you, did you did you, you see really, Stacey you tackle really, Ed? Really did offset that, Rich, and I appreciate you making that happen. I know Gronkowski was supposed to do it, but <laughs> I'm glad that Ed and I'm glad that Ed represented. You know the Ravens, and I hope Chris. I, I I didn't get to see all of it, but I hope in in total that he represented uh, our city and our team well with some humor and some grace. Ed was fantastic. Really he couldn't have been a cooler, nicer, down home guy. He I, is. I did the coolest, man. He I, I'm not a Ravens fan one bit. I, I respect you guys, and I I always kind of liked Ed Reed, but. I'm sold. Now, did you go watch shopping with Ed, Chris? Did you do I that? I didn't get a chance to go watch shopping. That was shopping the first with, thing I think that's what he wanted to do. Is he that wanted was a big concern? That, yeah, that when yeah. he landed, Josh, when he landed, because he wanted to, you know, he had to represent in every yeah. fashion, literally every fashion, literally. That he, there was word that Chris Brockman, you were going to have to take him. Yeah, I was talking to Ed's shopping. guy, and he was like, "I'm not sure when Ed's getting in, but he really wants a new watch." To wear, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm not, and, sure, I'm not sure where I'm going to take him. And 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 a testament to just Ed, Ed the person too, Josh. I don't know if I told you this uh, in our conversations, but Ed, Ed was all in. He wanted to do it, but he wouldn't have done it if he couldn't have moved his son's dentist appointment. And that is for real. Like that was the last impediment. He's like, I won't do it, but I got to see because my kids, I, I got to take him to the dentist. And that is like seeing the Pope in certain places, a, a pediatric I mean, dentist. The guy, the guy is, I mean, he come on, he's a Hall of Famer. To see him, I mean, there was so much talk, obviously, about Ray and Ray's final ride, and that was a remarkable final ride. But for those of us in Baltimore who, you know, Ed Reed is, 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 is a guy that you just, it would have it eaten you up inside as a fan to not see that guy be able to get a ring, get a ring in Baltimore. And I, I hope he finishes his career. I mean, how many more years does Ed want to play? What, two more years? Maybe he said, three? He told me two I to mean, three. Two to three. Yeah, I mean that that's where that's where he's at right now. And I think you know your coaches, Chris, you know Belichick's man crush, as we all know, <laughs> is pretty pretty deep in that regard. And we'll see how much he feels. I mean, I think that's the real question. Is there's no there's no no doubt in my mind that the Ravens would want to have him back. The fans would want to have him back. Who wants to see Ed Reed go? I think it's really up to Ed as to what he feels he's worth on the market and. And what the Ravens can do with their cap situation, and I hope it works out because he's a guy that's going to provide so much leadership, so much you know. He's such a coach as well, you know, and I think he'll end up being a coach. And you know, Bashadi treasures this too. I mean, you know, Bashadi treasures the concept of him finishing up. If he, Peyton Manning can wear a Bronco on the side of his helmet, one well, obviously he'd listen. No, you're not wrong. I mean, this day and age, you are not yeah. wrong. Anything can happen. But this was, as you point out, Josh, a similar situation to Ray. It wasn't like when Ray's last ro- his last contract, he had six, seven more years in front of him. No, it's just like it, it's sort of like where the Yankees went through with Jeter recently, too. Mm-hmm. And these are always bumpy rides because yeah, of what they've already done. Honest. Right, you got to be honest. You got to look at it and say, which is, I think, what the Ravens do as well as anyone to say, "We love you more. Here's how much we love you, but we love you enough to know you got to go out there and, and see for yourself." And I think. With Ed, it's just you know it'll come down to where he's where he's feeling. I mean, right now I think seeing him in Baltimore at the parade and singing in his completely lovable off-key voice, you know, uh, you know, two tickets to paradise, which is now the only way I can sing that song. You know I mean, I can only sing it like Ed Reed, like completely off-key. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
I don't know if you saw the piece, Josh, but he sang that to the Price Waterhouse Coopers guys <laughs> who hold the envelopes with the winners. He wanted to I know if there were tickets of paradise in there. It was it was amazing. Yeah. He's, a, he's an incredible guy and I'd say seeing him down there after the after the game was lucky enough to go to the the Ravens after party and seeing him was just I mean the smile he had on his face was worth everything. Did, so, did you get a phone call he's from He's a great guy. Did you get a phone call from him or Glenn because uh they were trying hard to get into after parties and uh I Yeah, for Glenn, the Oscars. For the Oscars I told Glenn I said, "Hey, lob uh, lob Josh a call. He probably knows a few that are going on." <laughs> Yeah, except the problem is I'm, I'm on the East Coast. I know, so I know, you're I, New I York. Doing any of them. I didn't but, know if you uh, knew of any, though. As long as he had a good watch and he was set. I'm sure I don't even know it. if he got that. But well, it, he had his own. But it, it, it's interesting, though, as you point out, as we just mentioned, too, with Ray, Derek Jeter at the Yankees, when you got guys who have put in Hall of Fame service and they are all-timers, like you may never get another guy mm-hmm. – uh, Personally, what they stand for, what they mean to the organization, what they have done for the organization, what they have brought to the organization. You may never get somebody like that again at that position ever again. What happens at the end of their careers if you've got to give them a few more years and how much business is put in with the personal? And and the, the Patriots just sort of front-loaded that with Tom Brady with the contract that they just did. And we're going to talk about that with Alex Sulkin after we're done with Josh. But I, I do have to ask you, Josh, what what if – what happens with Flacco with the Turkey games moving forward with this contract? How do you think that's going to play out if when the Turkey games hit? Because they're inevitably going to. Well, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is there's all these different things that this contract will, will mean. Uh, and one thing for for certain is anytime anyone signs a big contract, I mean, in in the real world, I mean, in the world of football with, with, with the, the length of these guys' careers, I mean, they need to get paid when they can get paid. And so anybody who can see it for what it is doesn't fault any of them. Get as much as you can, and that makes sense, and he certainly earned it. But from, from, from people, you know, just fans watching, you're talking about an obscene amount of money. And I think to actually put that in perspective, what that means is, you know, there's going to be, there's absolutely going to be, you know, um, a bullseye on his back, and there's going to be much more pressure, much more expectations. But I think if you really think that through, it doesn't mean that we're expecting we're going to win every year, we're going to be Super Bowl champions every single season. But what it does is it, it hopefully allows Joe the ability to sort of, as I think he said it, you know, it, it's interesting is sometimes when you read stuff online because you you'll watch the press conference and then you'll see how someone sort of puts it in print, and it's much different. And I don't think Joe expressed it like this is about quote respect, but it's about you know it's it's about feeling respected. You know what I mean? I think this is a different thing. I think that with that, hopefully, will come some some more confidence, and then he can kind of ease into his role as this team transitions into more of an offensive team. Oh, it's his and, team now, Josh. This is his team. I mean, this is his team in terms totally of in team, terms of should be. and look. This whole notion that, you know, people are like, well, look, someone tweeted me, you know, look what Brady did, you know, and too bad that you're not going to have any room. First of all, Brady's 37 years old, and he, you know, and, and, and I, this is not a contract he would have signed 10 years ago. I mean, I don't think anybody would say that he would. I think this is a contract that, for a guy that's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, without any question, and a guy that wants to see his team get another shot at a ring or two, and he's putting himself and the team in a situation for that. I think Joe, within reason, you know, look, his number this year is pretty low to the cap, so it's going to allow us with like 11 and change or something to play in the cap space to sign some of the guys I mentioned earlier. I think it increases next year. I think in the fourth year or whatever, when it, you know, in between the third and fourth years, when it really skyrockets, and that's the type of situation when you'll go and you'll probably they'll restructure it. I'm yeah, guessing. I so all, all I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, I think it's a win for both sides. It gives 
the Ravens of us fans of the Ravens who remember Stony Case, you know, <laughs> Scott Miller, um, you know, um, Eric Zaire, you know, uh, <laughs> Elvis Gerback, or as I call them, Elvis Goback. Um, you know, it's like the list could go on. Tony Banks, Kyle Bowler. I mean, you've got all these guys, with the exception of, of Dilfer, who took us that year for a Super Bowl run that was built around the defense, and Steve McNair for a couple of years. You know, we haven't had that quarterback, and we've got him. And is he perfect? Is he? Does it mean he's going to have a perfect game every time he steps out? No. But I think I think what they're banking on is that the guy's 28 years old. He's going into his prime. He's had five years. He's slowly built himself up. He's proved himself in the playoffs. He had, as you said, Rich, arguably, not arguably, I would say next to Joe Montana, the best postseason of anybody in the history of the NFL. Kurt Warner also had the 11. i got to back my guy. He had the 11 touchdowns and, and no, and uh, as well. The three of them had that. But i got to back my guy up. Uh, how many picks did he have? Uh, that's a good question. One. Just the yeah, one. Yeah, him and Montana both had one. Yeah, Fla- yeah I mean, so Flacco, so that's the best. 89. Montana had none, and he did it in three games. So I think that's a big difference. Yeah, no, Montana, Montana had 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in three games. And I would guess Warner did it in four games, or maybe they were. Maybe yeah, they had a bye yeah. Well, well, when we you probably had a bye week, uh, uh, or that could have been the one with the with with can't with with Arizona though. We're going to check on that. And we did speak to Montana on our post Super Bowl show that Tuesday after um, mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl, and he sounded banged up. Let's just put it that way, right? I mean, he sounded he sound he was playing hurt. He was banged up. New Orleans chewed him up, spit him out. And you, sir, I want you to paint me this word picture. Paint me the word picture of the post-Super Bowl celebration and how quickly you had to be back on the good wife set. Give oh, me, my God. Give me, give, me, give me this story. Give me the story. Okay. Well, the story is, as you know, Rich, because I saw you down there when I first got down there, was, you know, I, I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't make plans well ahead of time. I'm too superstitious for that. So sure. as soon as we beat the Patriots, I checked on the schedule and I had to work Friday and – they would try to switch it for me, but the sets weren't built for this one location, so we couldn't do it. So I knew that Friday was out, so I flew down Saturday morning, saw you, had a little breakfast with you. That's right. Uh, did the whole honors thing, uh, stayed up all night, watched Stevie Wonder play, had a great time, slept in a little bit, went to the game, after the game, celebrated um, the after party had no. an amazing time. There you go. No, no, no. You got to expand on that one. Yeah, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't. I let you skip to that part. But the the after party, the Bashadi after party, that must have been through the roof, correct? Where, it was fantastic. Where was it? Blige played. Uh, Ray got up there and and taught her how to do the squirrel a little bit. And it was very funny. Uh, you know, people people spoke. Um, I got to, to meet some of the players that I had never met before. Like, I'd never met Ray Rice before. Uh, I got to, to spend a little time with Coach Harbaugh, who I do know, but that was just amazing. Uh, I got to see, you know, here's, here's a memory I'll tell you that will, will live with me for quite some time is because it, it shows maybe something that people don't see, and I was lucky enough to be able to be a part of and see this, and it shows you the kind of dedication that these players put out there. But... Haloti Nada, who's a player I do know a little bit, and I saw Haloti, and he said, you know, I, yeah, my wife wants to meet you, and, and I, I give him a hug, and I literally, like, help him, and he puts his arm around me, and help him as he's sort of hobbling on his back, he got hurt. you know, across the party to go see his wife, and I'm like, this guy's big, you know, but I'm <laughs> helping him, and I thought, man, like, here we are celebrating and partying, and this guy's just banged up as can be. Um, thankfully, you know, he's going to be okay for next season, but we didn't know that at the time and he was really, really in in bad shape, but 
it was it was just a joyous night. Everybody was ecstatic. Um, so you helped he, you 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 were the weight, the counterbalance to Haloti not the crutch. Over to you were the crutch. You life. were the human crutch to Haloti. So, so in other words, I was basically he, the human crutch to Haloti Nada walking meet, across the party to find his wife to meet Mrs. Hello. Nada to meet Mrs. Nada to meet Mrs. Nada. Wow. And that was that was something for me that was that was that was amazing. You know, because because I think. I think in a, in a tiny, tiny little small part, I think part of what this team, you know, Kevin Byrne wrote a beautiful article, absolutely beautiful article that everybody who loves the Ravens, or even if you don't, if you just like good writing and, and football, you know, should read, that talks about how the team, I don't think, was able because different people got after the Super Bowl back to the locker room at different times. They didn't have the ability to have their proper sort of team powwow in, in their locker room. So they agreed to do it. At the Ravens locker room, you know, over at, uh, at the Under Armour Performance Center in Baltimore on their way before they went to the parade. And it just talks about how Harbaugh included all the, the, the everybody was there, the coaches and people in the front office and the, and the team and all their families and their kids. And that how a lot of, you know, coaches would have said, okay, everybody just excuse us for a second, let the players be there. But everybody was included, the family. And how much that was a part of this team this year, you know, that mentality of the family mentality of picking each other up. And so for me and my own little small part, you know, I know some of these guys, I don't know any of them super well. I'm just an Uber nerd fan, but I love the team <laughs> and I feel like a small part of the family. And that was cool for me. It to sounds be like he's lobbying for a ring, Rich. Are you, lo- what'd you say? Chris? It sounds like you're lobbying for a ring, Josh. Are you lobbying for a Super Bowl ring? Hmm. I, I, have three, I, have, I have three critical questions about that. Have you, ever, have you ever seen those rings, man? Come on. I got three questions. One, was Stacey Keebler there? I didn't see it. No. Didn't see her. Two, did you touch or hold Lombardi at any point in time? I never moment? got to touch or hold Lombardi. I never oh, even saw the precious, Lombardi. The um, uh, I will tell you, though, you talked about the ring. I will tell you one of the funniest lines in the press conference that I saw online. Dick Cass is the team president. They were talking about the rings, and, you know, a, a reporter had asked Steve Bashotti about, you know, designing the rings, and Dick sort of piped in and said, all I, all I can tell you is I know that Steve has promised that he will design a ring that I will never wear. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was one of the funniest things I've ever heard, because it's going to be big, and I think Dick is a, is a sort of quiet, mild-mannered type of guy. He's like, I'm not going to be wearing this ring quite Ed, often. Ed said it's so. going to have both trophies on it. That's what he told me. Both. Oh, very good. It, it will. That's great. Yeah, that's what it he was, said. But you know what? It was it was one of those things where, to finish the story, I, I, the party, I had to get back and get to the airport. So I had to leave at around 6 a.m. I think I left the party around 5. So you saw the sunrise. Which, Did you see the sunrise? I saw the sunrise as we were getting a plane. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I, I went back to the hotel with my dad. I watched a little bit of the highlights. Uh, still kind of numb from the whole day, you know, got my bag and, and went onto the plane, got off the plane, dumped my bags off and went right to work and shot a scene, you know, sounding God awful, you know. Um, really? So but, you're, you went oh, yeah. from the plane from, you went from the party to a plane and from JFK to the set of the good wife. That's what well, you did. Newark, but yeah, Newark. Okay. Newark. Newark. Oh, Newark. Even my bags crazy. off and went right to the set and shot one scene. That they couldn't move, so I had to shoot. And so did I you? Just, did did I you end? Did you end horrendous. up? Did you end up like dry heaving on Christine Baranski or something like that? Or <laughs> it, was, it was actually it was actually a scene with Juliana. Okay. And but I was like, 
I was so happy, you know, I, just, I couldn't feel any of the pain. And I was kind of like, hey, this is what you get when you shoot me the day after my funeral. I'll, I'll suck on a Ricola, but you know, it's only going to get that much better. So, that, so that's not going to be sent to the Emmy people is what you're saying. Who knows? Maybe it will. Of course, he's, he's been touched by Lombardi. You may not have touched him. It was a very, a very raspy performance. Please. In fact, there, I'll tell you the episode, Rich, and you, you'll see it, and you'll, you'll see if you can guess which scene it was, because you'll, you'll probably hear a big vocal difference. Well, I think what it'll be, it, it, it's the one where Harvey Firestein guest starred, but he looked yeah. a lot like you, is what you're saying. In uh, other words. If, Harvey, if Harvey Firestein met Tom Waits, that's probably what it would Juliana, let me tell you something. How you doing? Listen. You think you're the good wife. Let me tell you something. Had a great time in NOLA. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. You're the man. Well, congrats on everything. Congrats on everything. It was a good run. It's a good time right now. And uh, look, everybody knows it's, it's... the celebration is still there, but it's it's winding down, and everybody focused on next year. And I go. think getting Joe under contract is a big part of that. All right. Well, Josh, you are the man. Thanks for calling in and uh, reliving all that stuff, and and uh, making all of our uh, Steelers faithful who listen to this podcast nauseous and sick to listen to this <laughs> this Ravens revelry. But you you've you've earned it. You've earned it. You've earned the stage. You've earned the gloating time. You've earned it. You've earned it. That could be the best part of the interview. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I was able to do that. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Josh Charles. Take care, guys. There. You're the best. There See you, goes. That's Josh Charles, everybody. I mean, he is hardcore. I know we say that every time we talk to him. He really But is. you hear it. I mean, he's not just some bandwagon guy nope. who's on TV in the movies. I mean, and, and, and that's why he's a perfect choice to do a football life He's the voice of a football life on NFL Network. And this really means something to him. He, he did say I had trouble sleeping last night, so I put back on, on the AFC Championship game. That was ridiculous. And watched that. Like, Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Now we turn to a guest who's kept up at night by that AFC Championship game. Um, he is a longtime friend of this program. Always love having this man back. We're going to talk about the rest of the news in the National Football League. Also talk some Oscars with this man because he was one of the creative forces behind it, working with Seth MacFarlane, as he always does on TED, and also uh, a family guy. Good to see you, Alex Sulkin. How are Thank you? Thank you, Rich, for having me back. Good to uh, see let's you. see. You've called this time the dead zone. A lot yes. of cancellations. Don't want to be here, but here I am. <laughs> that tells you well, what level guest. Th- that's why we know. That's not true. No, that's no, not no. true. I'm you're you're a cherished guest. I, I'm glad I can follow up Josh Charles. I have a close uh, relationship with him. I call him Josh Chuck. Okay. Yeah, Josh we're, Chuck? We're, yeah, we're tight. Josh, we're tight. J. Chuck? J. Chuck. J. Chuck. Um, yeah, so that, that game does keep me up. At I'm night. sure it does. Yeah, absolutely. As, as, as always, you come in wearing your you've got your Patriot hoodie. Yep. Does Does Belichick have the hand warmer built in to the to the hoodie? Like you, you know, have, I, feel just, like, I feel like I feel like his are, are pockets with a zipper, but I could be wrong. I think he switches it up. He does. Sometimes. I think he's had a, had the built in. And pocket. then he'll sometimes the wear kangaroo. he'll sometimes wear that uh, staying alive type yeah. Travolta <laughs> headband, yep. right? To keep yes. right. you know where because it strikes me as odd because. Everything I've been told is heat escapes from the top of your head. But he just wears the ear like wrap around. Yeah. 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 You know, and then and then he's got the challenge. I would love for him to keep the challenge flag in the headband once just to switch <laughs> uh, it up. He's made it a fine art. So, um, where do you stand on the on the on the Brady deal? Tom well, Brady is another big contract that was signed this week. I know. Well, I was thrilled thrilled by it, you know, when it when it the news first broke. It seemed to me like a revolutionary deal, like an exciting confluence of 
coach, player, and management mm-hmm. in a way that maybe we haven't seen in a while. Now, it's possible having when some of the other numbers have kind of come to light afterwards that they were maybe trying to play it that way a little bit. But I still think that it's true that he, you know, he took less to create more cap space for the team because he wants to win. I mean, that seems like the overall message. Plus, it's also how many yachts can you water ski behind when you right. want to win more rings, right? Absolutely. I mean, he's made his money. Yeah. He's got mansions on whatever coast he chooses to yeah. build a mansion yep. on right now. He's got he's got the um you can't even call her a trophy wife because no. that 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 he's does He's the trophy husband. He's the trophy I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, cuz that I think that denigrates the whole concept of no. trophy well, wife. No, they're both trophies. They're both they're both Yeah, he's the real catch here, Rich. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on. so I mean, he's got he's got everything that he needs including the three rings already. Mm-hmm. And he is going to get 30 million some odd guaranteed i i think and and he doesn't who wants to at the end of your career when you're 38 39 to be looking for that one last deal which he may be anyway yeah but um did you hear Kraft kind of subtly throwing manning under the bus in those comments the other day say what he's saying he said he didn't want brady to have a montana ending to his career. career it was sad like far yep, like manning, manning. It's true, though. Yeah. I mean, if you speak to a Colts fan, they they will they will sort of feel that way a little yeah. bit. So yeah, it's true. What's kind of fascinating for me is remember a few years ago when Brady said that he wanted to play till he was forty, and everyone was kind of like, "Play till you're forty, come I, on!" And now it's really set up that way. I, I bet know. he wants to play into his forties. I bet. I'm sure he does. He's got a competitive fire. You see it in a few people. You know, a Jordan, a Brady. He's, a bird. He does have that. Yeah. There's no question. He has yeah. that. I mean, he's a self-made man, and I thought that was a. A great move on everyone's part. The question is, what are they going to do with this stuff now? Right. Well, that's the real question. I mean, you know, uh, they passed up uh, the franchise tag completely this year, what, for the first time in a few years. And so now, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think what they're going to do. I would think, you re-sign Wilker for multiple years? Uh, you know, years? I would. I, I As much as he annoys me at certain points, certain huge points, <laughs> you know, in, in big games, I can't let it take away from the fact how how many exciting first downs that guy gives us per game per season. You know, in the last year, more than any other receiver in the league, he's just. I think the rest of the AFC East would, would rejoice if, if yeah, if he, if he no left. No, he, we got to keep him. I, I would keep him. I mean, he's where, too where good. would Welker go? Uh, name name anywhere. Places. But do you think that he would be as successful? As a, as a second or third guy, he I mean, he'd I mean, take why over. Wouldn't he, why wouldn't he be? If you put him in a certain role, which obviously any team that does, I mean, why why wouldn't he be? Everyone needs the slot receiver. And Everybody needs that guy. It creates the matchup nightmares. You I mean, can go imagine, four or five wide. Why wouldn't? Imagine I, him on a team with a real number one, which the Pats don't have and haven't had for a, a while, really. I mean, if you had a... Randy Moss. Right. If you had a real number one... And then Welker, it's dangerous. I mean, Gronk was our number one. Sorry, he, Gronk sorry about is, that. I know, and we'll we'll hit that in a, in a minute. I tried to I tried to get him out there on the red carpet. Tried the best we of my so ability. Close. But Gronk know. is the number one now. I mean, we talked right. about it too uh, a couple weeks ago that he used to be the luxury, right? Him and and, uh, and Hernandez is the luxury with the two guys out there, and and you still had Welker, and obviously all the other wide receivers who were there. Now he's the necessity. He's they need him in the worst he's way. He's the, red zone, he's the red zone. He's a red zone monster. He's got to get better. What do you think Belichick's relationship with him is? Gronk? Yeah. Uneasy. In a word, uneasy. I mean, I think that, you know, Gronk is, he brings a lot of attention to himself, which is not really the Patriot way. 
he's just so good and beastly that and, you kind of want to encourage that attention because I feel like it's part of who he is and how he plays almost. But you got to imagine that Belichick is he's not his favorite player. But I, I, I guarantee you he wants him on the field, this healthy. Is, I wish the A Football Life documentary on Belichick was happening more now so you could see those interactions like one-on-one with him and Gronkowski behind the scenes a year later because that, that would be interesting to see that dynamic. Well, yeah. I'm sure. Here's what I think. I bet you Gronk's, Gronk is yes sir, no sir when he's in the building. I bet that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's not a problem when it comes down time to, to practice and get out there and do his thing. Right. I, I would be surprised if I heard otherwise. Hmm. It's just when he's outside of the building. you know. When, he's when, a kid. He's 23. I know. It's unbelievable. Putting porn stars in, in Patriots jerseys and oh kicking buddies in the Musburgers and flip back, black, back flipping him shirtless while he's recovering from ankle, from, from, uh, from yeah. uh, uh, arm surgery. Was it, was it Logan Mankins or something who said that he's just a gigantic meathead and like he doesn't really know any better? I believe that. I believe that. I uh, mean, that could be. Seems that, like, that could be. Yeah. It. But I think he understands. You know, when when he's called to the principal's office, right, it's think, time to. to and I think. And I, I think. I believe that. When sure he gets between true. the lines, it's go time. He's, oh, he's, an he's, he's, he's unbelievable. A, he's he a, still like, let, he led tight ends in touchdowns I know, last year, and he and played he, half the year. He played half the year. Did he lead everyone in touchdowns yeah, last year? Yeah. Everybody, right? Uh, no, no, no tight ends. He had ten. Eleven. Eleven. Who had more? Who had more touchdowns? Honestly, Herman Moore. Uh, certainly wasn't Calvin Johnson. No, and it wasn't Larry no. Fitzgerald. No, I mean we'll find out, uh, and I'm I'm sure it, there's probably not too many if he didn't that's, lead the league right there. Yeah, I can't think of no one's leaping to mind. It's going to be like James Jones. Uh, James I think. Jones, yep. it is. Eric nice. Decker, thirteen. Des Bryant, twelve. Brandon Marshall, eleven. And there's Gronk. Green, eleven. Right, and then Gronk, right? Uh, Gronk might have had ten. Five. Gronk had. Uh, 11. Yeah, 11. 11. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and Brandon Marshall had the ball thrown to him a thousand percent of the <laughs> yep. time. A thousand percent of the time, which is something that the Bears are going to have to deal with moving forward. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, right now though, uh, we don't know what the Bills are going to do. Well, the Pats with have their kept, new they, they, the pa- the they, Patriots still kept, rule the roost. They've in that kept division. themselves so strong now. I think with this Brady deal, it's like they've they've ensured that they can make the moves that they want. You know, they. I think it keeps them. In that top sort of four or six in the league, at least for the next three years, would you now go ahead? I hate. I pity the rest of the AFC. Would you go, I pity them. Well, I'll tell you what: the Jets are. <laughs> the Jets are. are they're. They're. You know, the Patriots are kicking back Red Auerbach style and smoking a cigar. A cigar in regards to the Jets. The Bills. Who knows how quickly they can rebuild with their new head coach? They're starting from scratch with Marone yeah. in Syracuse. And and Miami, uh, I think the jury's completely out on out. Tannehill. We'll totally see what out. happens there. Jake Long may not be there. Reggie Bush is going to leave. I mean, I, I think the Patriots are clearly still the class there. But would you go ahead and trade Mallet and go ahead and get Castle back? Because Castle is, is clearly a spare He's part done. in Kansas City right now. Would you do that? Well, I mean, I you think got McDaniels there. You get, you get the whole band some... back together and get maybe a nice draft pick. For Ryan Mallet, there's some value to Mallet. I think now um, he's got. Listen, the guy's got a cannon arm. He's a huge guy. He, he seems like people are still pretty high on him. You know, I say trade him. I definitely trade him. I mean, I can't. If you, if Brady's going to get injured, we're we're screwed either way. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and you, if you got Castle in there, he's somebody who's done it before. 
Right. And you've got the McDaniels, Castle, Brady, Belichick thing back yeah. together again. I, I don't. And Mal, although this year may not be the year to go ahead and get draft picks because this draft is, I, I, I think a lot of people are down on it. Yeah. Certainly in the top end of the first round, I don't think you're going to get that for Ryan Mallet. Well, but you take a look at the, the rest of the landscape out there and the quarterback needy teams and and what their options are to move forward. That's why I think what Kansas City did has been spectacular. Absolutely. I mean, they, they reinvented themselves, and Smith is certainly an upgrade from Castle and Quinn. No and uh, Reed is, you know, a proven winner. He's a proven winner. I mean, if you, th- if you look at this, too, because it, it's sort of like real estate. It, it's whatever the current landscape mm-hmm. is, is what you can buy and what you can sell yep. and all that stuff in the market. <clears throat> if you're that's Kansas of, City... That's part of your seminar. I remember you. that. It, it, yeah, yeah. My, my sort of uh, getting, my Tom Cruise type seminar. Getting rich quick. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a PowerPoint to show you. Yeah. Um, but when you think about it, okay, you're Kansas City. You are kaput. <laughs> you are clearly, in, even with six returning Pro Bowlers, starting from scratch. More than wins, though. Okay. More Pro Bowlers. you got to get rid of your coach. Yep. And you most likely have to get rid of your general manager yep and when you do that you got to get rid of this quarterback because that's the quarterback he brought in yep and all of that said if you're Clark Hunt and you look at the current landscape you go and get Andy Reid who and you could be that whatever you say in terms of resume that's the best resume that's out there absolutely for a guy that you don't have to pay a gajillion dollars to get out of a studio or a booth he's ready to coach he's been coaching he's in the game he's got skin in the game he wants to come back he's your guy yep you go and get him then you go reach into of all organizations to pick talent you go into green base which is not too shabby to go get you get your guy he's the new general manager who goes ahead and what you do is you'd sort of do what what uh what Pioli did, which is go and spend a second round choices, which we're all assuming they get for Alex Smith, and go get your new quarterback. That's what they that's what they flipped to New England for Castle, if you yep. remember back in the Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And Alex Smith, to me, out of everybody that's available out there, draft, free agent, or guys that you can go and are available via trade, best guy out there. You can I think get. so. I think you uh, have to say right? that. You I mean, have to say that. And then you go ahead and out of all the wide receivers who are available. There's Jennings out there, but you got your own guy in Dwayne Bow. They paid him. Boy, did they pay him. He's oh, the third highest paid receiver. numbers? Yeah. He's the third highest paid receiver in the National Football League. Wow. Behind Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson. Did, My you, see, God. did you see the, the picture he tweeted out? Yeah. Like, come oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tweeting out a photo after signing a $55 million contract. What was it? He's sitting at a pool. Yeah, it says ITFU. But then below it, it says what ITFU stands for. Which is not. Is what you think it stands okay. for. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> what does the IT stand for? I can't read it. It's uh, it's it's like bent. Or his shirt's oh, okay. Folded. Oh, interesting. But, uh, interesting. You know, yeah. one of those. Well, it, it reminds me of when Santonio Holmes signed his deal, and he was shirtless drinking Cristal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you yeah. trust Dwayne Bowe, though? That's a good question. Well, I mean, a lot of people are saying what Andy Reid, what he did with, with, with Terrell Owens, and what Owens was in his system, right. that Bo has some physical attributes and same also, potential I mean, abilities. Do you trust Smith, Alex Smith well, to Smith throw is, that deep ball? Smith well, is an accurate passer. I mean, I think that that's been an issue in Kansas City in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just can't get the ball to open guys. Right. And well, again, it, it, this is the issue. As you say, can you trust him? Can you trust him? You are the Chiefs. You want to rebuild right now. You have to be rebuild right have now. To. And you want to get – you take a look, and, you know, Jamal Charles is no slouch. You're going to fran- – if you sign Bo, you franchise Brandon Albert, which is what they did. And he's one of the best offensive linemen in the game. Right. 
you're first overall, you take a look at all those quarterbacks that are out there. I'll tell you a story of what I heard from the, from the combine. I told this on Dan Patrick's show. I'll tell it again here. From the combine, a coach told me this. When they had a few of the quarterbacks in for their interviews, and they asked them, uh, what happens in the two-minute drill? Right. Give me your favorite play. They give you their favorite play. Well, the defense now changes to this. What play do you call now? And a couple of the quarterbacks said, well, I now turn to the sideline and, and look for the play. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what you see all the time in the college yeah. games. These guys, right. you know, raise their arms and raise their legs like yeah. they're getting ready for the shotgun snap. And, and, then, then, and then literally turn 90 degrees to the sideline. Right. Yes. And look for a sign or a play or yep. a signal. Turn back and run that play. And so that is what many of these quarterbacks are like. And certainly nobody is worth the number one overall pick in the draft. So if you're Kansas City, sure, do you trust Bo? Do you trust Smith? Got to sit there and say this. Do you trust Andy Reid? I mean, a lot of sure. I mean, a lot of people talk about his clock management issues. Right. LaShawn McCoy being but in a game that he had no business being in and gets concussed. So many different things have happened in the last few years. The decisions that he has made read on and off the field he that people question him. Well, his drafts have all well, you know, I mean, not, not like not who? enough, but I mean, he always deep, solid defensive lineman, solid offensive lineman. Like he's gonna, he's gonna start spoken like a true Philly guy. Right? Uh-huh. Well, mean, your point is well made, though. But what other? The, the, but these yeah. are the bets you have to make. Yeah, because Kansas City, you can't, you can't stay with the hand that you have. You can't. And I if mean, you're a Chiefs fan, you don't really have any choice. You guys are at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, and this it was, is... But they got Eric Berry. I mean, they have some quality players. I'm a good friend of mine's a Chiefs fan. He's, he was thrilled by these moves. I mean, you have to be. You have to be. Although they are fraught with danger. But these are... If, you've got, if, you've got, if you can go get Alex Smith, you've got to get him. You have to get him. Just, what are your other options? And Jonathan Matt, Matt, Matt Flynn, yeah. right? I mean, who else is out there? You want to go and maybe tell the Jets you want to completely rebuild? We'll take Sanchez off your hands. Vince Young could look good at his workout. I was going to say. How about that? Oh, now think about maybe that Jake too. Jake the Snake comes back. Think about that too. Yeah. If everybody's talking spread offenses now and read option, who's been one of the best read option quarterbacks at the collegiate level that we've seen in our yeah. lifetime? Vince Sanity. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he started it all. Yeah. I mean, isn't he like seventy-five percent as a starter in this league? Winner, like his record. His He's record? like a three-time Pro Bowler. Well, I think. Jeff Fisher is one of the most respected coaches in the game. Yeah, He's not that old either. And what he did in Tennessee, from what you hear, was so untenable. Uh, finished. And obviously in the time that he had to back up Vic, he didn't look too good. No. Yeah. But no, then again, those are very difficult situations hey, that you know Rich, he might have learned from. He gave us the greatest soundbite ever. Which is? <laughs> Dream team. Dream <laughs> team. I know. Yeah. Boy, did he, that was his that was his moment in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> what did he say? Well, about? he was the one when he was mentioning all these free agency acquisitions that they had in the burst of free agency post oh, lockout. Right. Asked him about the team, and he goes, "Yeah, dream team, like that." Yeah. And of course, everybody picked that up and ran with it. Yeah. And it was, that was an albatross around their necks. Yeah, all season. Up on, and next, I mean that that thing, and then and then Vic doubles down with the dynasty comment last off season, oh, last training camp. We're going to be a dynasty disaster. They're disaster. starting from scratch, too. Do you go get Nick Foles? I mean, like, what do you do? Huh? He's 30 and 17. I mean, he's won his games. But if you're a team, I mean, who, what team will go ahead and install him? Well, also, you know, I mean, are the, is Add there, that is, offense with it. There, I feel like the NFL is not a place for the faint of heart, and I don't think that it's been proven that Vince Young is, has the NFL heart. He certainly had the NCAA heart. I mean, I'd be, I'd be concerned if I were bringing him in and say, like, 
if they lose three straight games in uh, November, is he going to get sad? You know, like is it is it going to be all over? And then we'll be reading like, oh, Vince won't come out of his his car. You know, it was a very strange final few months <laughs> yes. of his tenure in Tennessee. I, I, and that's that that's putting soured it, me. That's putting it kindly. And he skips balls to receivers. You never want to see that. They they're, they're skipping on the ground out to the them. Texas pro day though. Oh, so speaking of pro days <laughs> and combines, amazing. first of all, yeah, yes. the combine was kind of. I've been would... hearing overall pretty weak this year. I heard somebody ran a six point oh three, but that was but, awesome, by the way. Yeah, that was so fun to watch. And when they uh, put Harbaugh watching you, which I know he was really Shaking watching Teo, right? <laughs> yeah, like that was so funny looking. That was like perfectly edited for him, just going, "Nope, no, nope. no. it's no good." Um, and then with the way they superimpose the people over you, I That's mean, it was like the... shot through a cannon. Let me tell you, Alec, it, it, is, it is it is added li- <laughs> that that, that simulcam. Uh, technology has added years to this 40-yard dash. Oh, my God. It's venture. amazing. It's amazing. You know, after a while, just watching the white guy run slow in his suit is enough. But Well, that, you're going to be racing yourself. They'll be able to do that Maybe they year. can actually sure do that. Put me one against the other after another. That'll be a good one for, for next year. But uh, would you like the deer antler spray? Oh yeah, the- yeah, yeah. You sprayed it in the wrong place, right? <laughs> well, I just I, I made it an aerosol can yeah. version <laughs> with the actual giant antlers. Yeah, giant, on it. Right, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. it was one there of those things a, that I thought. There was a props I'm, department in Indy. What'd you guys do with that? Well, I, I'm getting it back. Okay, I'm getting it. When, when I when I it, this is stuff like when when Josh Charles can't sleep, he pops in a tape of whatever game what I, what I do is I sit there thinking what can I what stupidity can I do on the podcast or whatever and it just struck me one night like what maybe I should just get deer antlers attach it to a giant that aerosol spray can and just spray myself in all the parts that clearly that you, know, you would think don't amazing. have that applied to so I called Mike Darrow and our producer and I'm like this I explained to him and he goes he's like some he, he he's he's like a surfer dude type oh, yeah. guy he's like all right man Okay, I'll look for it. That's what he says. I'm like, okay, fine. I get a text uh, two days later of the actual device that he built, like you know, uh, like a like a bomb. You know, he put it together <laughs> with duct tape, and and it was spectacular. He said he went to twenty. He called twenty different shops in Indianapolis to find the deer antlers. Little deer antlers. I can't imagine that taxidermy is huge in India. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably people <laughs> spend but time he found on other it. things. He that's, found that it. great. Well, he did you it. see today, maybe I'm sure you guys might have seen this story, the guy who alleg- allegedly ran a 4.19? Yeah, at the oh Minnesota Pro Day. What God. was his name again? The regional combine. North, uh, no, no, no. Uh, was it the Minnesota Iowa. Pro Day? It was, an, yeah, it was, it was Minnesota's Pro Day. Was it in a Northern Iowa guy or something? I don't know. I think it was at Minnesota's Pro Day. If I'm not mistaken, um, but he, we'll this, get this down. First of all, it, the, the, the but it turned the out to be like at a high four threes or something like that. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh no, no, no. This is t- this happened this morning. I know that. Oh, they, and they already got. Yeah, but I, I they, they spoke they to they somebody who was there times. with an ad. Well, I mean, listen. But when you were at a pro day, kid. when you were at a pro day, yeah, the school times the kids, yeah, and then you've got to then speak to the scouts who are physically right. there sure. who don't have who don't want to But who's timing him at this pro day? Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, Terrell Sinkfield. Yes. He's a Northern Iowa there you go. wide receiver. Very good. 419 supposedly. At the Northern Iowa pro day? At no. Minnesota's pro day. He was at Minnesota's. Minnesota's pro day. Yeah, he's from Northern well, Iowa. Uh, you maybe know, Kurt maybe, Warner was on the timer then. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Kurt Warner had the quick trigger finger, but apparently he ran in the high 4 threes, which but, is still which is still great. Really or maybe fast. Mayock was was doing it. Well, well listen, when I accuse <laughs> Mayock of having a slow trigger finger, him and Dion exchanged a glass. I know. 
show. Did you see that? It indicated that he might have had a fast one. <laughs> I read that <laughs> perfectly. Oh, yeah, I read that on there, too. And I'm like, I should not ask <laughs> questions I do not an- know the answer yeah. to already. I know. They sort of looked at me like, That's, hey, we got your back. Yeah. You better be quiet. You better <laughs> I stick know. on 17. I just, I just really like Dion. <laughs> saw that. Club that Dion yeah. was beating you for 20 yards backpedaling. Backwards. No, but you got him. You I got, did get, you I got, got him. I got Leon eventually. Got I, I made him Dion. flip his hips around the 32-yard <laughs> line. Right. He almost took out Mayock and Sap. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to run that. You don't want to run directly in a Sap. That would have been bad. Still oh, not anymore. God. But, no, that was uh, fun. That was awesome. What do you think about what, – what is it like – I mean, I know what it's like doing it. Yeah. Broadcasting it for I love 20 hours. What is it combine. like watching it's this awesome. guy in combine? It's great. I love everything about it. I love watching the drills. I love trying to – with the eyeball test, trying to say like, "Oh, this kid's better mm-hmm. than that kid." Mm-hmm. Um, the the forties obviously fascinating to watch. It's always fun to watch a sprint, and I love seeing all the coaches and people affiliated with the teams kind of sitting, sitting in the, in the luxury boxes, yeah. just kind of casually watching it all. And you know, there's something incredibly like like you're going to a stockyard to buy cattle about the whole thing, but. It's awesome. It's great. And I love when they flash back to like, oh, this is so-and-so. You know, uh, this year they were just kept doing Russell Wilson yeah. stuff from Vernon last year. Davis. Yeah, and, right. and, and you I see these it, guys, too. and it's just it's so fun to be on board with somebody like at an early stage to be like, I saw that guy at the Combine, and now he's awesome. And Would you want to see guys run the 40 two at a time? Would you want to see an actual race? You know, I don't think so. It, it, it changes the dynamic of it. I think there's already so much pressure on them in their heads to add somebody else there is almost unfair. I know that you have to run against people in, in the game and all that, but I would rather see some of the other drills made a little more realistic, like you know the ones where it's like O-linemen are trying to cut people off from their angle to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love to see a little more contact in those Yeah, you'll nev- that you'll never see. Because they don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to hurt anybody, but they, these drills are specific to show when, as you're talking about these offensive linemen, you have to quick step yeah. and and move back and and chase uh, another position. one of their members of the of the group that's acting like a defender, right? Like out and of not the physically touching them. The way that they move, every single step that they take, there's a note being made on that. Believe right. it or not, to, to us, it. to us mere mortals, it just looks like nothing. It just looks like okay. Yeah. It just he he just looks like you know pretty much a dork standing right. there trying to make this. Yeah, like you know, like but a video I, game. Or I something love like it. That. I love it, and I mean, I found that. I was watching it with uh, my girlfriend, who you know, mm. tall, and uh, she was fascinated by it too. Like she didn't know what it was. Does she want to make? I, a, does she want to make a comedy out of this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Some wacky combine yeah, neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> well, first of all, you know she loves you, so she was excited to see you on there. And That's then, cool. like, uh, we're watching all the drills, and she was fascinated by. It. There's a, a drama to it about like you. You better be good today. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's just fun to see if people can perform under this pressure or not. There's no doubt about that. I would love to get a camera in the interview room, which we'll never get. We'll never oh, get I know. that. Well, I mean, there was all that flap this year about teams asking about sexual orientation. Which is just an outrage. Yeah. I know. It is just an absolute it's a outrage. It's slippery slope. By the way, it's illegal. And well, they were saying it was they interview. were saying it was right. unofficial, right? Like that they didn't. It wasn't in the official interview. Well, but no, it was kind I think of, no. I, I don't know. Is it one of the kids from Colorado yeah, said he was asked if he liked girls? Yeah. Right? Yeah, was in the room, like in one of those. Teo said he wasn't asked that though. He said it, it was like <laughs> Teo said he didn't get asked. It was like, oh, you got a wife, yeah, you got a girlfriend. Do you like girls? Like, they don't want to know. What is, what is going on? What goes through That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy when is your mom a prostitute is like tame compared to. 
<laughs> but no, I, so maybe just for that reason alone, that if there's an eye in that sky, you know, these questions don't get asked. But the you do need, least. obviously, I, I wouldn't want my job interview uh, broadcast ever. Here's the thought. You know, uh, but uh, those are intense. I'd love to, because I've been in those rooms, uh, and I, I, I think fans would go nuts for that well, sort you of guys access. could Well, you guys could do a total thing like, um, you know, uh, hard knocks. You could do a hard knocks about the Combine. You know, Hard Knocks is the most fun thing to watch on TV. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. And a Hard Knocks about the Combine it would be would, great. Would be be I mean, I, I think people worry about exploiting college athletes before, you it's know. It's not they, just that, too, Alec. Here's, here's the issue. Is that here's, yeah. here's, the, and here's, the, here's the deal with the Combine is that, you know, we look at it from our perspective, maybe you as a fan, as a television event. It is still an SAT-type event for the people who are holding it. You know, like it still must be what it is intended to be, which is you, you you have to medically look at these kids and then you have to have a laboratory type environment in which the evaluation is paramount. The environment must be created where the evaluation process takes precedence over so you're saying having television. a TV crew, there would be a distraction. Well, but, right, that these kids, these kids, when they fly in, they, they, I think Teo told Mayock and I he got one day woken up at 4 a.m. and went to sleep at 1 because they go through all of these evaluations, psychiatric, medical, and they go through all the interviews over a three-day period, 20 in all, and then they work out on the field, which is the most important. Certainly, it's the most televised, so there's the most pressure-packed situation for them. So to then have a television camera maybe pick them up at the Indianapolis airport, follow them to their hotel room, and then to their hospital uh, evaluation, and then inside the bod pod, and then underneath the 225 bar. I mean, I'm watching every second. I know you are, but but does that affect the evaluation? Does that affect the way the kid is feeling scrutinized and thus... Uh, is fatigued in any way or affected in any way? Like they do not want that. They one want it bit. to be hundred percent scientific. Yeah, because I mean, because when well, it comes down thing, to it, these draft picks, if you if you botch is, it, though, that's but your job. They, aren't they under extreme pressure already? I mean, let's face it, they're under extreme pressure already. They're probably a kid that if they're at the combine, they're used to some cameras because they're probably from a D one school. You know, they're probably a good player who's had attention, had to deal with press, had to deal with people in their face, in their hometown, everywhere. Why not make a, a benefit of it? You take five stories. You, I'm saying you follow them from before they get off the plane in Indianapolis. You say, here's this kid. You know, this was his college doing it career. For, is there somebody doing that for our features unit? I mean, we I, did something like that before, but not about, like every minute of the combine, though. We've done that there's stuff. like Not like the Truman. We we've never Truman showed the combine. The that would be awesome. Was the, the, uh, the old draft journey, too, is used to follow these kids around. But, but in the vein of 24-7 or... Uh, draft journey. That sounds be, right. Would be yeah. great, like going from draft or combine all the way up to draft. To the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Here, so you'd have a story that ends the night of it. the draft. Well, here is something yeah, we're pitching. Well, we did. We did. We have <laughs> followed kids. We have up done to the that. draft yeah, and through their pro days. We've done that before. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's where I think it may be, and I I don't know this for sure at all, but it's been talked about that you flip the schedule, where instead of the interviews are at night, the interviews are during the day. And then they run the 40s in prime time. That would be great because no 5 a.m. call times. <laughs> and that, and that, 
prime time that there's you know the biggest 40 yard dash of the day is being run at 12 30 in the afternoon on a monday maybe or right tuesday. that's true well it and, was and, yeah and, yours and, was on tuesday right? <laughs> <laughs> well right. i'm of, of the legitimate competitors <laughs> right. at the event you know and and you know saturday and sunday it's perfect you run throughout the day and you're sitting there monday and tuesday maybe those go on a prime time or instead of it being saturday sunday it goes Thursday, Friday night, yeah. then Saturday, Sunday There's afternoon. There's something much more the to be made. Quarterbacks go last, but again, these guys—they're scouts. They have getting this. I mean, everything is down to the last second, and well, it is so. These co- like, like for instance, also just put it this way: I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think I'm telling. I'm telling a tale out of school, but we we try to get the forty-yard dashes start at nine o three. We're on the air at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. There's an open. There's this. There's Mayock and I in the booth. Blah blah blah. There's Chris Rose with uh, with Warner and Charles Billick Davis. and Charles Davis. We want to get them established as a television product. Let their voices be heard. Their faces are there. Then let's start the forty. That means if we're on the air at nine o'clock straight up, nine o three and a half, nine o four, start running the forties. Answer was no. Answer is no. We are going at 9 a.m. Because you've got coaches who are sitting there in the stands right. for whom 9 o'clock is five minutes too late. Right, right, right. All right. right. So, wow. so if, we're, if these coaches, it's 9 o'clock, and these coaches for whom every train runs on time because they're the ones running the trains, they're sitting down and they're looking at their watches, 9.03. And I got to be here till four in the afternoon watching this final drill. And then I got to get back and have dinner and then have interviews at night. It's 9.03. Why are we not running forties? I've got to. Count. I'm telling you that, and I believe that's, that that is what is going. That's the dynamic and the tug of war between the television event and the actual. I event. believe that, but I think that ultimately, who usually ends up winning that tug of war over time? Television. television. So, I think now, did you guys read the article uh, on uh, on a competitive website <laughs> about Goodell today? That yes. They, yeah, it was yes. a great, great article. Super. Um, but I mean, a lot of what. Superbly uh, written and reported. It was, it was. And I can't remember his name. I would say his name. But his name remember. is Don Van Natta. It was, it was great. He's, he's an excellent writer. Um, I don't know how uh, our bosses feel about it. Right, but, uh, right. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was definitely, uh, you know, he tried to represent all sides, yes. I feel like. But w- one of the takeaways from that article is that, you know, the NFL has certain issues coming up. I would think that the NFL would want to focus on the human stories and creating characters and creating people that you love in their league. And I think something like blowing up the combine to really turning it into like, Hey, meet these people who you may come to love for the next these 10 discussions are being years. had, Alec, they're I, having, they're being had, but, but I, that's going to happen. I think, well, I think so too, because and you're going to be a big part of that. Cause well, you're Mr. Combine. Well, does that make me the Seacrest? Is that it what does. That's right. Eyes and out. No, I mean, because you take, look, you take a look. You take a look at because they're talking. They're, they're talking. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Carson Dell is a friend of this program, which Seacrest has never been on. Uh, that they are taking. They're thinking of taking the combine and moving it back, and all these regional combines that are happening now. With uh, Fugazi yeah. female place kickers, right? Oh my god! And all of that stuff, uh, the, taking those regionals and front loading the combine with that, so the prize, if you will, isn't like just the the the, the, con- the concept of these regional combines isn't just to get noticed and hope a scout picks up the phone and calls you or you send the DVD to them. That those who excel or are decided that you are the best, you now. You won this regional combine. combine. You go to the big show combine. Yeah, and you go there. Why is that happening already? Because again, like I told you, this it just was because the coaches. Two thousand five was the first time that the network was physically as a full on network. Two thousand five 
was the first time we we ever were in there showing a combine, and it's it, it's advanced each passing year. Yeah. So next year will be the tenth one that I'm covering, and it's still a, in in those concepts still a very new, lack of a better phrase, immature product right. that everybody's still trying to wrap their arms around. Fans have been there for the last two years, and they sit there and they listen to our coverage, and they are dead quiet. Because you have to be, you can't sit there and cheer everybody, right? Because these kids, what the what the, the what they want is a full, unfettered, unfiltered evaluation, and everything is evaluated. A perfect example of this is I wrote about this in the book. Maurice Claret. Did I ever tell you this story? No. Maurice Claret ran his forty at the combine, and he spit it, spit the bit. I mean, he spit the bit, and and after he was done running both his forties very slowly. He put on his sweatsuit, which is the indicator to every evaluator who is there is, I am done running drills for the day. Because if you're putting on your sweatsuit, you are not doing anything. 4.72 seconds. Okay. Wow. And, and so um, he put on his sweatsuit. And everybody's walking around wondering, like, did he get hurt? So we call down to the field to our guy. I think Mike Connor, who's working for MLB Network right now, is working for us. Is he hurt? Word came back. Not hurt. Now, if there were fans there, would they be booing him? Would they be screaming at him? If they allowed agents in there or posse members in there Ooh. who could be a fan, like if you buy a ticket, right? If you tell somebody who's got Maurice's back would say, hey, Maurice, you can't do you got to focus. you got to finish. You gotta, you've got these evaluators right here. You've got to suck it up because guess what? Football's all about adversity, as you pointed out right. with quarterbacks, you know, what happens in November when they lose? Are they going to yeah. you know, get in a fetal position or not? They saw a true evaluation of Maurice Claret there yeah. when he stopped performing mm-hmm. because he was bummed about his 40 time. They saw that. And if you change the environment in any way, shape, or form to alter that pureness, they're going to have a problem with that. And, and in a way, I don't, I don't blame them. But you could say that they did that when you guys showed up and put it on, you know, made the combine uh, an NFL Network event. I mean, it never used to be that. Uh, it's changed significantly That's to be true. on TV. Uh, I mean, why not just have it on TV more? It's on the 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 threshold has already been broken. Why not turn it into like an artistic thing, like mm-hmm. Hard Knocks, where you literally like I'm rooting. I was rooting for people to make the the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. Like it can really those things can really turn a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I know all sports fans love Hard Knocks. And if you know if there was something similar about the Combine, I think. Getting to know half a dozen people on their way in it isn't a, would be an amazing thing. No doubt about it. They start rooting for them. Yeah, in that right. respect, we'll, we'll put our names all over. Let's it. turn to the Oscars now. Okay. Uh oh, you sort of, you sort of. No, no, no. I, I love talking football. <laughs> <laughs> we get the, we get this so many yeah. from from people outside the sports world. Remember that one time we had Matt Damon on. Yeah. And he got so much about the Patriots off his chest, and then I turned oh, things to we bought a zoo, that. and he looked at me like, "What are you doing, man?" Well, that was that was. I me. mean, I don't get to talk was, Patriots with was, the guy from Extra. You know what I mean? <laughs> that and was I'll, probably related to we bought a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> More than anything. maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. If but. he's coming here off uh, Born Supremacy, he might have been like, "All right, was let's that, talk about yeah. it." Was that a name drop though? Remember that one time we had Matt Damon on? Oh, <laughs> that's a great name drop. Bad. It's not that's a bad a name drop, but it is. I was impressed. Jermaine, it is Jermaine. Yeah, that's right. The current situation. That's right. 
So, what would you uh, would you say that was an enjoyable experience for you? Did you like well, it? Well, you know, it was. I would say it was a different experience, which is ultimately kind of enjoyable. But as happens with a lot of these kinds of things, I've never done the Oscars before or been to them, but. Every event that seems exciting somehow mm-hmm. just seems like a work chore that I want to be over. Right. <laughs> and there were uh, about five or six of us writers uh, who had been helping Seth all along. In the middle and, of Family Guy, right? Right. In the middle of your your your, your movie your movie that right. you're doing too, right? Yes. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were invited to the show, not to sit in the audience, mind you. But it was it almost sounded kind of glamorous. We were gonna be backstage and you know, you pictured him hustling off and us saying, Hey, say this and say that. No, no, no. We were in a room, five guys half tuxed up. What do you mean half tuxed up? Just like yeah, bow tie undone, oh, you know, you had, jacket you, off. You had, pa- you had pants on. Yes. Okay. Partly tuxed. Okay. And uh we're, we were in a room that literally could have been in the basement of any elementary school anywhere across the country. Cinder block, you know, fluorescent incredible. lighting, nothing. Everybody just, thinks it's so glamorous. I thought there was going to be like a rolled up map of Europe on the wall. It was just so <laughs> bad. A globe? Not, There's yeah, a globe? Not cool at all. And uh, so we sat there kind of in a bunker watching it and uh you know on TV, on a tv monitor down there so you were not there was no real live uh updating or anything like that from you well you no were separate from we Seth, were sep- we were from the monologue we were kind of in a closer place just to watch it really okay. and then we went down to this other place and as has been custom for the last couple of years uh we were some of us were texting him material mm-hmm. you know because he still had unbelievably he's got a cell phone in his tux and he's looking at it and uh, he didn't use any of it. I think that ultimately we were there a little bit just to kind of make him comfortable. Sort of at the beginning, everything was pretty much set locked. And done. When when was it locked? When were you? It locked? It was locked a, a few days before. Really? Yeah. So, okay. So most of it was kind of ready to go, and he wasn't really that interested in kind of deviating from that. Um, oh, beyond what what he was doing, you got to lock in and you got to yeah. get that thing done. Yeah, right. Do, uh, does like Charlize Theron come two days before and she did rehearse all that? And she did, and she was there. They they filmed you know a couple of insert shots, which some people noticed, some people didn't. Did. In, the, in the "We Saw Your Boobs" song, and so right. Charlize was one of those people too. Amy but, Adams was another one, yeah, right? And, and Jennifer no, Lawrence, and, and, no, yeah. Not, no uh, yeah, Naomi, Naomi Watts. Watts right? I think Jennifer Lawrence was actually just live it was a great reaction yeah. she, had, she yeah. had the best reactions um but yeah so you know it was it was a fun thing to work on i was relieved when it was over we got to go to a couple of the parties not the cool not the good parties but like a couple of the, the elementary of, school yeah. basement parties that's right that's right we, where they we served met, they served met, tang or high sea jug dish and <laughs> whatever all the people on the uh, animal house couch <laughs> we kind of met they were the jug dish of hollywood whoever the hell that was oh, um oh, a very funny it was just a weird off thing that i would vent about that night um, we went to the governor's ball, yes. which is attached. Well, that's a good, that's a, I mean, that's a, but that's sort of like you, you have to get to that one because it's connected. Okay. So we went into that one and I was there uh, with my girlfriend and there were a couple of other, you know, the wives and, and friends who wrote. Were, yeah. We were all kind of hanging around in a cluster. And so one of my friend's wives sees um, that actor. Uh, I think his name is like. Gabriel G- Garcia Bernal. Sure, or, yeah, of course. Do you, you know him? Yeah, of course. All right, so... He, 
you know him, but he's not like a huge star by any means. Oh. He's a, he's a, you know he's been in some stuff, but he's not like a giant. So my friend's wife, who thinks he's you know gorgeous, and all she wants to do is just kind of like stand next to him for a picture, and he's you know not really affiliated. He's walking around. Right. He's like talking to a couple of people. Literally, we watched her go up with her husband with the camera and went up to him and like tapped him on the shoulder he didn't even turn to look and just kind of said like you know something no like that and like made a beeline away what now hell? you got to be a bigger star than that it's like the 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 debate that we've had all week about storming the court because there's been so much right. stuff sure. about storming the court right. there are certain parameters to storm a court like you don't storm a court when you beat sort of a 24th ranked team at home right you know if you're a decent team there have to be certain rules like get, your rpi cannot be 75 or above if you're absolutely court, right? absolutely you gotta have your, yeah, your it's RPI's gotta be, gotta be in like, de- legit like triple Cinderella. damage for example when Penn, Penn State, State beat Michigan, Michigan. okay go yeah. for it we'll see in the Big God. Ten tournament pally. we'll see in the play-in game Bernal sh- Bernal should be posing with every every person who wants to take his picture yeah, yeah. I what, mean, do you he, have his IMDB read it down he's too mama Tom Bien was kind of his big one no, that's true. I, he was I, in, uh, I have no idea who he you're talking about. He was in Casa de Mi Padre. Uh, oh, yeah. The Will Ferrell. The Will Ferrell. Um, right. Okay. You want to know what's coming up or what he's doing? No. Um, Clearly, no. whatever's coming up is so big, he can't uh, take no. a photograph. Much, nothing I've seen. Uh, uh, yeah. letters, letters to Juliet. A little um, bit of heaven. Oh, come on. Regret not no speaking. Idea. Wait, wow. You should be happy. So there, regret not exactly. speaking. There's no upside yeah. to, be, to being a jerk. Yeah. Like, he was a jerk. And it was a total snub and a total unnecessary snub. So we kind of... That so was our, our brief celebrity. Let me, let me rewind on the creative process. Yeah, sure. Uh, who was the one who, who thought about Captain Kirk? Where do we bring Captain Kirk? Well, in you know, originally that was supposed to be um, uh, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown from Back to the Future, <sighs> okay. which would have been, I think, more interesting, more exciting mm-hmm. to me, certainly. What happened? And that, well, then there was a discussion that a couple of years ago at the ridiculously terrible James Franco and Hathaway Oscars... <laughs> They did a joke where they actually piled into the DeLorean and flew to the theater at the beginning mm-hmm. that nobody even really we didn't remember that. But I mean, of course, a, bi- a billion people saw it. So critics would have probably remembered that, you know, and been like, they, why did they do the same thing two years later? Which it wouldn't have been the same thing. It was a different sort of comic premise. But that's when it turned to like, well, who else is involved with time travel? And Seth is a big Trek. Star Trek fan. Okay. So he was excited about that. We kind of wanted Nimoy to be there with Shatner, but Uh-oh. Nimoy said no. And uh, he's—I mean, it was probably a good thing because he's so ridiculously mushmouth now. Is that he it really? Would have just been like, but uh, uh, but they're not tight, right? They're not—they're not tight, right? I mean, that—that that would have been uh, right. Shatner and Nimoy are not. George, George I think they—I think they've made their peace. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, a, so 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 Nimoy said no. Nimoy said no. And Shatner had the stay. He had the calm to himself. I know, which I'm sure he loved. And right. like <laughs> it was funny when when Shatner first got the script, he had many notes. His first thing was, uh, it, someone asked, "Did he like it?" He said, "Well, um, the grammar and punctuation were excellent, but uh, beyond that, I think we have a lot to discuss." <laughs> and like it was just like, "Are you? Come on, dude! You're you're going to put you on in front of a billion people. What else do you have going on? Like, what's going on?" Oh, he's got more Priceline commercials. I'm sure he does. So, I mean, well, you have hold on it. You have heard his his outtakes of voiceovers oh, from Star Trek from years absolutely. ago, right? Like, don't tell me how to do it. Oh, it sickens don't me. Give me a line read. Well, yeah. the be- the best one was uh, was when wow. he. You've heard the one. 
It's it's the one you got to anyone out there. Please Google this. It is the greatest. <laughs> his his line reads. Uh, I, he must have been looping back in the '60s, yep. right when he was doing this for the for Star Trek. Uh, he says uh, the word sabotage. <laughs> it's it's sabotage, and then suddenly he finishes the line, and you hear the 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 director or whomever who just gingerly tried to correct him and go, uh, um, you said on line 134, it's, uh, you said sabotage. He goes, yeah, that's right. Sabotage. <laughs> and you hear the guy go, no, it's, it's sabotage, not, not sabotage. And he goes, you say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> like a potato, <laughs> potato. No, so what he wrong. says, I say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. And then at one point he goes, don't tell me how to do it. That's it great. sickens me. That's great. Oh, yeah. So here you are getting notes. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I say sabotage. Uh, oh, my gosh. You've got it right there? <laughs> That's great. Way to use the internet. Well that done, Chris great. Law, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you had those so types of moments? that's the kind of guy. Well, no, thankfully, I mean, that, that, that happened initially. Uh, thankfully, I never had to deal with him. Um, and it was just he was magically there sure. and doing it on the night. There's a, a funny sort of related story uh, about Family Guy with that um, where there was a joke on Family Guy that did air um, – where Peter's at a Star Trek convention with Shatner there, and he raises his hand and asks a question. He says, um, "In that episode where you drown your wife, how come you're so how come you're so fat?" <laughs> it was like a double whammy, and so so he obviously got wind of it, and he called in and just oh, you know what? Who could? And we have a writer, Danny Smith, who's like in charge of handling angry people who call in about jokes. Lucky guys, too. Yeah. And so Danny Smith had to talk to this guy. And I believe Danny Smith was in Ireland and took like a literally like an hour and a half call from a place in Ireland to talk Shatner down and say like, this was a mistake. We don't know how it got in. That person has been fired. Like we had to do all this stuff to like get him back. That is a double whammy. Yeah, it was a double whammy. <laughs> Total double whammy. So he's oh. doing this thing now in the Oscars, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so now he's involved. Yeah. Uh, and then where where did the We Saw Your Boobs? Or how- we Saw Your Boobs was, you may follow him on Twitter. He's a hilarious guy, John Goldblatt, Julius mm-hmm. Sharp, a.k.a. Julius you told Sharp. Me to, you told me yeah. to follow him. He's awesome. I'm now following I've he's, been following him for two months. He's I've, hilarious. I've been a Julius Sharp guy for like a year and a half. He's, he's hilarious. Amazing. He's so amazing. That was his idea? That was his idea and a uh, very funny idea. And uh, yeah, so then we, you know, a bunch of us kind of chipped in with some of the lyrics and things like that but yeah it was basically his his idea completely. and then so somebody went to i guess mrskin.com to get the the actual particulars or something like we that we did that was actually the exact site <laughs> <Was> used. That- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we were definitely investing we were okay. a bunch of us sitting there on like ipads and iphones right. in seth's uh living room just like I oh mean, it says here you know monsters ball has anyone using, using that as a research tool for the, for the oscars is i think in a nutshell what you guys brought <laughs> right, to the table right. 
right. that nobody else previously That's had. Right. <laughs> well, a way to corner the market. That guy, Mr. Skin, is... Oh, he's got it all. It's what's, the, what's the movie with... Uh, um, where they, they yeah. come up with that idea and knocked out, knocked out, knocked out. Yeah, they're yes. like it already yeah. exists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you think I've heard of it, Chris? <laughs> hey, hey, Rich. Um, so, um, so you have heard obviously the uh, criticism. Yes, absolutely. Of that, and how have totally. you how have you taken? Well, I mean, criticism? you know, I think that it's interesting that a couple things. Um, first of all, it's it's humorous that sort of in a or in an ironic way that. On a night honoring James Bond, mm-hmm. that the host is criticized for like boob jokes for misogyny. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, we love we everybody loves James Bond, but he's one of the most misogynistic characters in in the history of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like it, it, it's a rack focus on the wrong thing a little bit. Also, I think that there's a notion, and there's been a I, I would say a backlash backlash where. People who get so uptight about different jokes and things like that, you don't you're not part of comedy then. You know, it's you're just you're anti what comedy is about if you're gonna get upset by by that kind of stuff. And also I feel like it furthers the notion that like women in some way need extra protection and looking out for. Like, we can't let this be said about them, you know, it's let let different comedians express the most horrible and awesome things in so many different ways and just don't don't make this about that it mm-hmm. seems a, a friend of mine tweeted a very funny thing mike scully he's a simpsons uh guy a long time simpsons guy very funny on twitter and uh he said more than a week later still reading a lo- about a lot of women who can't let go about the joke about women not being able to let go you know it's just right. sort of like <laughs> they're still angry you know this joke about us not being able to let go of stuff mm-hmm. i can't let go of this mm-hmm. so I, I don't know i i listen if you want to say, like, I didn't think that was funny, or, like, I don't think that I, I Saw Your Boobs uh, song was funny, like, that's fine. Or if I didn't think that Zero Dark Thirty joke was funny, I thought it was old. I thought the Lincoln joke, you know, you're going to make jokes about Lincoln getting yeah, shot. Was... Like, that's old. You know, that seems anything. If that to me seems like I can't believe that people would be mad about that, it seems like such an old thing to make, like, a Lincoln joke. That's the thing about Seth is he kind of combines sort of a a Bob Hope world with like this Howard Stern kind of in your face, like offensiveness and people can't always reconcile that. You, are, were you aware that Christopher Plummer apparently hates any reference to sound of music? Yes. I wrote that intro. I, I, wrote, <laughs> I that knew was, you did. That was my. I knew you pegged the Nazi. I, can take I knew for you. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he came out and like said a little something. He was but like, "Isn't Seth, that wonderful?" I know or something like. Were that. Were you aware when you wrote it that he that he did in fact hate everything about? We'd heard that. I think we had heard that because uh, we had to write an intro for him in some way, right? And people said that he hated the sound of music. <laughs> yes, but you know, so. so then it's like, well, we won't make him say anything about the sound of music. Someone else will do it, and, uh, <laughs> like a, a Nazi. Right, coming right. in through the side door of the and Dolby the way, Theater. What a jerk to hate. Uh, that, that First of all, even as a guy, I can say that movie is awesome. It's like so fun to watch, and he's great in it, and it's brought nothing but joy to millions and millions of people. He uh-huh. hates it. Apparently there Why? could be a creative struggle on the set. Oh I don't God. know. From, from 50, you, you hit a nerve. There's Apparently, apparently. that's the th- I, I read that, that there's, that's, awesome. that's the third Christopher Plummer rail. Is sound of of music, and you touched it, and you touched it with a mallet in the form of a Nazi. I know (laughs) they're gone. Who uh, who wrote the Clooney joke about the girl from *Peace of the Southern Wild*? 
Oh, uh, not me. Where I she don't was know. Two, she's 16 years yeah, away from, from being, being too young. young for yeah. oh, right. Lordy, that Lord. was very funny. That was, that was not me, but that was a good one. Who writes like whenever the presenters come up? Do they have a say? Do they come to you with ideas? The, pres- you, the you presenters did kind of their own stuff this year. Yeah. Um, I think that we had tried to pitch some things for Paul Rudd and Melissa McCarthy, but they wanted to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. The Avengers people, I think we had pitched some stuff for them. They wanted to do that. What happened with that? That, that was, was off the rails, was, too. That, that was awkward. just, that was yeah. weird. And what was you know, up with Renee Zellweger? Was she... Strange. It's very strange. Yeah, whole, by that point in the night, I was drinking kind of heavily in our, in our bunker. <laughs> in your but, bunker. But I did notice that there was something odd about her. The other thing yeah. I really liked was in, uh, when Seth made the Mel Gibson joke and everyone kind of groaned. Oh, and he was like, oh, you're on his side now. Side. Were you guys accounting for groans from the audience? When well, you- I, I think that Seth always anticipates groans, but he never wants them. It's like Nobody I think wants he, a groan. I think he yeah. always kind of feels like they're there or they're right around the corner. But... I I don't know that he anticipated it for the Mel Gibson joke. I think that people, it's so funny. Hollywood has such a ve- vested interest in like the rehabbing of everyone's image. You yeah. know, B- believe me, if Mel Gibson made another kind of Braveheart type movie w- that was awesome, I'd be the first one in line to see it. I don't give a sh. Oh, sorry. That's I okay. I don't care. Right, there you go. It's all good. I don't care that you know. Listen, I don't agree with him in the, some of the things that he thinks, but. That's never been a prerequisite for me enjoying actors and movies. I think Tom Cruise is off his rocker in some way, but I think he's the best movie star of, of my generation. I think he's, you know, some of the movies he's done are amazing. I just think they just don't want to make fun of their own. That's it. Is that they're in this room to celebrate each other, well, not, yeah, not make Gibson's fun of each won, other. Mel Gibson's won Oscars. Like, he's yeah, one I, of I us. Mean, and I think you touch, you, you, but then again... One thing that you could do to use the NFL vernacular to, I guess, to wrap this all up is you could, you could you could point to the scoreboard, right? Because the ratings were up. That's right. That's right. It's like it it's, was, that's that's the scoreboard. That's the was, final score. What's the final very, score? It was a Patriot style win. Where the team itself loved it. Yeah. Everyone else is pissed. Right. And there's a win on the board. That's right. <laughs> now Seth said that he already would not do it again. Do you get the impression that he? Is going to stick by that, or well, do you think he would do it again? That's something that he was saying leading up to the show as well. It wasn't like I, I feel like that's kind of been represented as like, well, now after all this, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, he was feeling that way leading up to it. He was just like, oh my god, this is just such a big deal, and I have so much going on, and it's like it's you know. I mean, he's stretched I, thin as it is between the two shows. And listen, Lord. I th- I think if they offered it to him again i think that he would listen i don't think that he would just instantly say no i mean i think that if somebody came to him with a persuasive argument like look the ratings were this people are even going to tune in more to see what you're going to do next That's year true. kind of thing no doubt. i mean i think that uh, i don't think that he's 100 percent dead set against it but that being said he, you know he's in that lovely position now in hollywood where he can make up his own mind about everything no. because he doesn't yeah. have to he doesn't Choosing care about your money. own assignments right. that in any any business any aspect of media if you get to choose what you do there's only a handful of people in this entire business who get to do that sort of thing yep. so more power to it you're a good man for coming in oh here and thanks about the dead stuff. zone the sports dead zone no, here we it's are not the sp- i mean i know i said it it's, it's you know it's, <laughs> play it back now play i know, it back. I, know I said it but it, but it's you know i, hey, I, I, love, I, I love i love being what it is i love being here we got players coming in all these I next few what weeks it is. too so i mean we definitely listen i love being here i'll be here at the drop of a hat anytime you need me thank you what's going on with a million ways to die in the west though very excited we have our table read for that on uh, this Thursday. 
this wow. Thursday. So that's that, that's when the fir- is it the first time? First that time it'll be read it? aloud. Of course, our deal still hasn't closed, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so whether we'll be allowed in the building is okay. still up for debate. But okay. I'm very excited you about could it. Be like Steve McNair back in the Titans days, right? You want to come oh. in and work out, and they won't let you. Let you I, no, I was thinking I'll be more like Steve McNair at the end. No, oh. <laughs> see, there you go, everybody. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. the man who wrote the Christopher Plummer joke. There it is. All right, thank you for having me, guys. Anytime. Seriously. Seriously, um, that's it, right? We don't yeah, have let's, any more let's, housekeeping. Let's the Germans blowing us off. Speaking uh, of Germans, we may or may not have an Ian Rappaport podcast later this week. We we taped it, but yeah, we had some we'll get him back. Issues, we'll we'll get so. it back. We'll figure it out. But uh, thank you, Chris Law. Rich always at pleasure. Chris Law, uh, at Chris Brockman, yep. at the Sulk on Twitter. Thanks for coming in and, at and you, say at hi yourself. to Tal. I, by the way, I'm I right back. She's the greatest. She is. She's the absolute greatest. I agree. And um, for At The Eisen Podcast presented by Chevy, I'm at Rich Eisen signing off. Stay listening, friends.